I'm just going to leave this here. Last April, a Florida couple, famous last words, were arrested for allegedly selling golden tickets to heaven to hundreds of people. Tito and Amanda Watts sold the tickets for roughly $100 American, claiming the tickets were constructed from solid gold and good for free admission to the hereafter's highest plane of existence. While being interviewed by authorities, Tito indicated, I don't care what the police say, the tickets are solid gold, and it was Jesus who gave them to me behind the KFC and told me to sell them so I could go get me some money to go to outer space. I met this alien named Stevie, and he said if I got the cash to give her, uh, he would take me and my wife on his flying saucer to his planet that is made entirely of drugs. Now, you should arrest Jesus, because he's the one that gave me them tickets. I'm willing to wear a wire and set Jesus up. In her statement, Amanda claims, We just wanted to leave Earth, go to space, and do drugs. I did not do anything. Tito sold the tickets to heaven. I just watched. Police say they confiscated over $10,000 in cash, drug paraphernalia, and one baby alligator. Well, if you wanted honesty, you've most certainly come to the wrong place. Because this is the 100th episode of the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. Coming in hot there, Michael. Nearum. <laughs> That's that couple you described. That couple that you described oh. sounds like the couple in uh, Breaking Bad, the bridge episode. Yep, where they're breaking open the ATM. Yep, yeah, bridge ATM. Mm-hmm. My bad. You know what I was talking about. That's all that matters. Yeah, I'm with you. Nice. I'm hep to your lingo. Yeah, but what you aren't hep to is responding to my brilliant 2 a.m. podcast ideas. What I'm also not hep to is hep C, so two things I will <laughs> refuse to let you share with me by this point. I texted Shane last night right before I went to bed because I had an idea for a podcast that we're never going to do, but I thought he would at least appreciate the uh, the levity of the pitch. Mm-hmm. I'll never love you. And I woke, yeah. What is it you're saying lately? What's your What's your... Monthly we do not ar- yeah. reward attention seeking. <laughs> there we have it. So here's the pitch that I gave to him. It's just one sentence. It's a podcast called "quote but but comma rock question mark." So a podcast called "But Rock," where we discuss butt rock bands in depth. <laughs> now. Uh, uh-huh. Let's let's pick this bone that you have with me, Mister Mister John. Not uh, even a response. Um, so you, as you said, sent this to me at two a.m. Yes. Uh huh. So I was I was well and gone. Yeah, it was supposed the, to be a uh, good morning text. After. And when I woke up, I was still uh, waiting on test results to see whether or not my girlfriend won the fucking Wonka's golden ticket of getting COVID after being inoculated. And uh, and whether or not I was sharing in the joy. So you were the last thing on my mind when I first rolled over and, and met the doom of this day. Oh. And uh, I I smiled because uh, I just wanted to get it out of the way, and uh, then I started my day off right. So yeah, I and and furthermore, (laughs) 
there was no other subtext. You had not sent anything else, and it no. was just this random cocaine-addled <laughs> shot in the dark. Excuse at which point you. I was just like, excuse uh, you, weed, copious amounts of weed. Uh, well, <laughs> you're not supposed to twitch that way, so I didn't know you liked to get wet though. <laughs> oh, dust, PCP. <laughs> Man, so, yes, like... uh, it sounds interesting. I would totally be down if it weren't for the fact that every single time I try to do one of the established things that we do on this show, you can't fucking help but find another thing to do or an excuse or a dog's asshole you got to go lick or something that you need to pick up for your wife because you, you know, just uh, desperately need to clean things around the house. And so it's like, yeah, no, I can't record a, a you know, a fan fiction, man. I got, I got shit to do. I got a life. I, I'm missing out on a lot of good things, but yeah, let's add another podcast in the mix. Let's do that. And I'm sure you, you're dedicated enough. Well, yeah, I can't do the, I can't do the fan fiction because my dog, Loki, the boxer, you know, uh-huh. um, yeah. he does have needs. He needs his anal glands uh, expressed mm-hmm. every every single Wednesday yeah, no. around eight p.m. Mm-hmm. And I've who's going to do it? If you don't, do it? if anyone's going to, if anyone's going to express Loki's anal glands, it's going to be me. Yeah, you've got those horse lips, you know, just prepped and puckered. <laughs> just squeeze that goop right out of there. You don't need you don't need peanut butter to have fun with a dog. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> I have said it for years. You have, and that's on record. He has been yep, that's, I by that need amyl nitrate. That's not a lie. That's not a bit. Mm-hmm. That's a hundred percent Shane's take. <laughs> yep. You just need uh, amyl nitrate, a crowbar, I have and a, a six foot hole. I have uh, pornographic films. <laughs> if uh, Meryl Streep's skeleton went around at a party trying to be real nice to everybody. <laughs> um, right. Well, hey, congrats on not having COVID. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm I'm still Courtney, not confirmed. You too. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have not gotten my test results to me because uh, a place that will not be named is very efficient at caring about people's health and welfare. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're just going to disregard that altogether and and move on. But uh, 100 Ugh. crazy episodes of this nonsense, friends. I'm I'm shocked. Will it let um, you put an emoji? As a title for the episode, I don't know. Because you should I'm just, not sure. just put the a hundred emoji, and that's what we are. It would today. be nice. Yeah, but I'm you know I've never gotten a hundred percent on anything, so at least I got a hundred episodes. This is a big accomplishment for you. Yeah. Though he actually doesn't have a hundred percent attendance on the episodes. You can fuck right off. <laughs> I would say we're in the trenches. I would say that. <laughs> I would say that every My Immortal read on the back half of an episode counts as its own episode. So technically, we are past 100 episodes. So pitch me on another podcast again. Um, (laughs) It's called Joke Toilets, where we just talk about toilets made for farts. Only made Mm -hmm. for farts. Uh, Where they are. Did give you that idea? uh, Yeah, actually. Uh, Duan and I are mutual. uh, We have mutual stake in the business. So I'm not shocked. Uh, Hi, Duan. <laughs> oh, wait, I we thought, love you, baby. I thought we were starting another podcast called How Did White People Ruin It This Time? And it's a podcast about everything. <laughs> uh, we'd, we'd never stop. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Duan because... <laughs> I thought you were going to say, it's funny that you mentioned white people. No. <laughs> because you know who else I sent that quote-unquote cocaine-addled thought to? 
Dewan. Um, and you know what Dewan yeah. said to me? I bet he was supportive. He said, "Is this a serious? <laughs> is this a serious pitch for a show?" And I said, "I don't know. It could be if I ever had time." And he said, "Let's do it." And I said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> but if we ever, Kay. if it ever did happen, if Butt Rock ever happened, it has to be said like that too. Um, it would. I think it would be the three of us, Shane. I think it would be Dewan. You? Oh and no, I. I uh, Dewan and I are actually going to just start doing it now since Fuck apparently yourself. the two of us <laughs> were able to to pull the trigger on concepts. I have the time. I can make it. You know, there's nothing that's so important to me that I can't. You know, not even my band is important enough for me to make time for anymore. So, I mean that. I mean, out of uh, my own chicken I mean, lips. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> the reason Butt Rock came to my head, it came on my head, uh, is because I... I was thinking about like all the bands that you and I really enjoy that you're proud to be fans of, but I necessarily don't want to like brandish about. Like sometimes I like listening to Cold still because it was mm-hmm. a, a place in time, or like your defense of Nickelback, amazing. which is arguably the Butt Rock band, you know. But, like, mm. if you go to the beginning of when they started being a group, as you've done in prior episodes and After Darks, like, you see that there's merits and there's reasons that they're successful. Um, I don't know. That that was the bit. That, I, that's a little more, little more detailed that I was going to include on the text, but then I was too tired to really flush out. Mm-hmm. Well, I have also never considered myself to be an apologist for Nickelback, by never, the way. Never. I will just say, yeah, there are, there are things about some of the music that I still enjoy very much. But once pants and feet started being added into lyrics, I, I tapped out. <laughs> well, you look so much cuter with something in your mouth. Isn't that yeah, one of their songs? I Isn't have 87 that... different yes, yeah, fucking pictures yeah. of it. So... <laughs> Gross. I mean, he didn't make it this far just shaking hands, so. Is that a lyric, That's Michael? A, yes, yeah, yeah. So what you're telling me is that you've never seen an A24 movie, but you can off the cuff do an esoteric Nickelback quote? I have seen an A24 film. I've seen multiple. Name five. Uh, Midsommar. Damn it. Uh, Heredity. Here- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'll lead yeah, into that. But before you do that, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I actually recently watched The Witch. Nice. You got wow. two more. Uh, last week. Uh, two more. Isn't there. Come no, on, there's... baby. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to guess. <laughs> you're so close. <laughs> it's like it's like you're like at the front of the line of a like a sprint, and then you get to the finish line, and you're like, yeah, and you just blow your fucking brains out. Hey, hey, hey! Michael <laughs> is like treating me. this question the same way he treats his education. <laughs> <laughs> Start strong, never finish. <laughs> I love you, Michael. In. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I pulled one. I'll, I'll get back to you mispronouncing hereditary. <laughs> uh, but I, I took a page out of your book uh, this week, Michael, and I had Becky read my script because I'm I'm insecure and I just needed I needed the uh, I need I was like, hey, does this sound dumb? Because this is a science thing, and I have no business, no business at, at all point, talking about this. Becky <laughs> says, "You're so pretty." <laughs> she goes, "I don't have room on my caseload for you, but I'm going to try." <laughs> <laughs> Are you my friend? <laughs> Would you read my podcast script? <laughs> she read my script, uh, and she goes, <laughs> "She's like." you guys are really mean to Michael and she's never listened to an episode. So she just saw my script. She goes, you talk about Michael an awful lot on this episode. Oh no. And I said, yeah, it's kind of a bit. It's true. It's it's not that bad. It's so tame compared to to what we've said before about like we've we've said worse things about each individual on the show than, than my comments about you. Um, But we, 
need to acknowledge real quick that Courtney is a ball of light in a very dark world, and she's <laughs> no. also now TikTok famous, which is oh, really yeah. weird. Ooh. Um, wow. I think you got more views on two TikToks than we've gotten maybe on our whole YouTube page. It's not shocking. And to be fair, like the first TikTok that you posted was it wasn't like it wasn't a, I'm not saying the quality was garbage, but it was like a <laughs> random clip because you were just testing it out to see if you could do it. Yeah. And then we so looked, what John's trying to say is if he's making a joke, then it's genius, pure gold. Uh-huh. If I'm making fun of him, it's it's just a random bit. You know, it's it's just a thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. There's no import no, but, to this well, at all. Hold on. No, 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 because <laughs> no. Because that's, that's what we're driving at. Because the second one or the, the most recent one that you posted is a, a Shane clip. And it did equally as well. Like they're, another they're Shane, clip. Shane clips, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Were you? Uh... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah, because so you... I, I make the punchline of the first one, friend. Uh-huh. Oh, that's so, right. I, yeah, yeah. I, I know you're so egocentric that you can't imagine anybody else is on the fucking call with you. But Wait. other people are contributing to this show. Wait. Jesus? What show? Huh? <laughs> exactly. Anyway, continue, uh, please continue edifying Courtney because it's it's a requirement and it's well worth it. Yes. Well, one, Courtney, thank you for trying to get us hip with what's what's hip. Uh-huh. Bless you. The you. And then we had an idea of something that we need to bring back. Speaking of a hundred episodes and kind of being retrospective, mm-hmm. I don't even remember what episode it was, or if we do, we even what episode we did it was it? Shane? Once it was it was pre COVID. The, mm-hmm. the before times, the as before people call times. now. We, um, or Shane, and Also, rather. it was when we were batch recording, so technically we did it three or four times. Yeah. It was just all in True. one night, so mm. it kind of throws it out of perspective. We really love that Michael has a, a really big heart and a big brain, but for some reason just... You know, when when words hit his eyeballs and they try and come out his mouth, they just are a little little There's marbled, a, a little mushed. He's um, got dicks glexkick. <laughs> so we want to use TikTok as the appropriate platform to kind of make a game show for our beloved Michael mm-hmm. and Ugh. do a uh, pronunciation game. So be on the lookout for that. And if you want to find our TikTok, it's just Disinformed Podcast. You made it. I don't know. Yeah, it's at Disinformed Podcast. <laughs> well, I just uh, upload the quality material to it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. So the title of this segment is now Dicks Let's See Ya. <laughs> well, he's less distic, so. He's, he's... <laughs> well, true. Uh, since we went from, you know, all that is radiance and light with Courtney's marvelous efforts to make us semi relevant, and that's a Herculean task, Woo! I assure you. <laughs> But uh, for the apotheosis to be complete, let's dive back down into the darkness here and the oh, continuing no. saga of Shane Reed's Stephen King that is autobiographical. I meant to send you a screenshot, but I have borrowed the audiobook. Bless you. You're going to enjoy it. So I have finished uh, Revival, and I've already hard-sold this to John enough, but let me give a little hook to Michael now. Uh-oh. And uh, Courtney, I am just I, I have a feeling that you've appreciated enough King to this point that you'll just take it. If I say I enjoyed something, you might run with it. Sure. But uh, Michael has to be coaxed, it seems. Um, after we get through the whole end, the original pitch that I had after reading the first half of the book was that it is something that would be akin to if um, 
and now I'm just going to lose it. But uh, <laughs> if, if Jim oh, Jones met Keith Richards, okay. Oh, I have to yes. process that. <laughs> and and that is enough of a weird sort of dynamic to begin with. But at the end, there is a very dramatic sort of Shyamalan-esque pivot. Huh. And then they get Lovecraftian. Well, those are goosebumps. Yes. And, I think you saw uh, <laughs> So, you to give attention. you the... Ew, uh, I goosebumps, was finishing... not an erection. Is that different for you? Yes. He, he got I, I R.L. Stein goosebumps. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> uh, so I was finishing the book in the midst of uh, my feverish, uh, lovely girlfriend having fits in our bedroom. So I'm like, I'll go in the other room. I'll finish the audio book. And I started kind of getting, you know, sleepy. So I, I grabbed the book. To think if, like, the the change would get... Because I've had the physical copy for a while. I mm-hmm. just, you know, decided to go with the audiobook. And uh, I I got to towards the, sort of the end here, and I was like, well, there's only about 30 pages. I'm probably going to wind up falling asleep. So I went back to the audiobook, and it woke me up. And actually, it is one of the most, like, terrifying concepts for the end of a King book that I have encountered. Because a lot of things are like, yeah, okay, I get it. It's existential dread, or it might have some other things, or there's some weird sort of slapsticky horror elements that are scary, but after a while, the sting kind of falls out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Pennywise, there's a lot of terrifying moments, but it kind of becomes laughable at points, just yeah. depending upon how he delivers jokes, it gets Freddy Krueger. True. This legit like had me sitting up in bed and I had to walk around and I went and got the book and reread the last 10 pages again because it gave me shivers and I'm like okay it's really bizarre and you're gonna read it and probably go like okay you oversold this because uh but Eh. for me somebody who has appreciated the oeuvre to watch King kind of walk up to that wall and say here I'll put a fresh coat of paint on it really hit me in all of the appropriate places and this book is like vaulted into my top five king books now so i'm very keen on hearing everybody else's impressions when we get here just to see whether this is a shared experience but like if i went down the checklist of the things i love about stephen king and all of them got represented in a single book it would probably be revival at this point well so that's uh what required me to give you an update otherwise i would have left it alone oh shit guys do we want to start a uh, a book club and report back in a month after we've all read Revival and talk about it on an episode or a YouTube episode? Sure, and Ooh. I just Courtney? purchased it, so I am a I'm ready to and go. I can read, so <gasps> that's more than you. I can you're say. In, you're advanced. I know. <laughs> Does Jonah still... know? No, don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Are I you trying with... to get me thrown in the pit? <laughs> God, John. Oh, uh, I, I did this with Melissa the other day as well because she <laughs> made a, a similar sort of uh, comment about being a woman and being lesser than or other. And I kind of joked, it's like, what is it that the, the Hunter Thompson line of like, this is my attorney? I think he's Samoan. And in spite of his racial handicap, he's very important to me. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's one of the most horrific lines out of Fear and Loathing. But it's, I said that to Melissa and, and 
cracked her up because it's like yeah this is how i'm gonna uh officially introduce you to everybody now it's like this is my this is my girlfriend and in in spite of her uh handicap based on her gender she is very important <laughs> also i want to uh i want to say that i am sorry melissa if you're listening because i uh, not to share too much of her details her birthday was recent Mm-hmm. Uh, recently passed and i text or i dm'd her on instagram on her birthday uh to you know say happy birthday and mm-hmm. it's the standard fair and i mean it. it's like i hope you have a super great day it's relaxing and everything you want it to be so it's it's that day i send the message and then you can't make it up like i think within an hour we were talking in the band thread and shane was informing us that she's been sick and she's bedridden and probably definitely not having the most fun day of all time and melissa is such a sweetheart through and through that i think her response back a day later was something to the effect of uh thank you so much for saying happy birthday to me it didn't go quite as planned but i still had a good time like she's just she's too good of a fucking person just to be like you know what i was sick i was just (laughs) dog shit sick uh I don't know. But anyway, Melissa, I am sorry for my poor timing. Uh, and I do sincerely hope that you feel better soon. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a wonderful string. So we started feeling squirrely um, after recording on last week. Oh. And so I woke up Thursday morning and she woke up Thursday morning. And we're both like, I feel like I'm getting a sore throat. Like, I feel real scratchy. And uh, we both shared that. And we both went to work and and just kind of muscled through. I came home from work feeling fine and sounding very much like I do now. Maybe a little snarfly, but that's that's about it. And Melissa came home sounding like this. And like, I really had a rough day at work and I'm starting to feel a little sick. And they told me I sounded horrible and congested. It's like, yeah, no, you, you sound incredibly congested. You sound like you're getting sick. And, uh... It just started to crescendo into Friday and she was feverish and delirious and like coughing, hacking, sniffing, like, and has been sick since oh, like damn. is still, still had a bit of a fever this morning. Oh, so it's been a, a heck of a ride. So no, no 4th of July celebratory joy, no birthday joy, none of this. She's just been in bed. It's just been a black hole at the, uh, the hunt household. Yeah, it is. It's been a, it's been a heck of a time. So we're uh, we're all a little short of energy. So if I'm not quite uh, rattling off my my usual sort of uh, verbal gymnastics here, it's because I'm still trying to get back to the land of the living. You at sixty percent is uh, most people trying their hardest. So oh you're bless doing, you. I was, I was gonna say <laughs> him at thirty percent is still better. Me at two hundred. So. And here I called you egotistical earlier, and you're trying to make me feel better. Oh, shucks. Um, you would have to have Who's feelings. my bottom bitch? Kiss, 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 <laughs> Who kiss, is it? Kiss. kiss. No, no, kiss. All right, let me bend over. Hold on. I also need my anal glands uh, exercised. So. Or do you think I learned how to do it to Loki? That's yeah, a fine point. Uh, I'm not as distended yet. I'm not as shy to a not brown eye, attitude. and I, uh, I stand by that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my oh, asshole is like a nerd's rope at this point with all of this, you know, accoutrement. Uh, <laughs> Hemorrhoids are dangerous, kids. Just be careful. And this is a hundred episodes of content that you asked for. <laughs> this is the content that you've been coming back for. Or not. You could be like yeah. one of those fucking assholes on, on YouTube that uh, wants to say that we're on the Laffy Tabacky. <laughs> Joke's on you. I eat my weed. <laughs> 
no, and actually, jokes no, on the, the package. No, actually, the joke is on me because you said it was gummy bears, so I guess I can fuck myself twice. God damn <laughs> oh, it. Oh, man. Is this what it's like when the terrorists fucking win? <laughs> you know, on a beautiful segue... Uh, another podcast that we adore and love, the last podcast on the left, which thank you, I still enjoy that. Um, they started having very interesting ads recently, and I'm not sure if you've encountered these yet, but the trolley Oh ads, my god, yeah. Describe what? them, because I don't think Michael so, or Courtney have heard them, right? They describe it, it, it's like, this thing is like a 15-minute commercial that just pops up in the middle of episodes, because of course I'm listening on Spotify. They're exclusive to Spotify, Exclusive right? to Spotify, yes okay. So, uh, they have dedicated commercial timing, and all of a sudden it just cuts to Ben Kissel doing this very interesting, like... It's eight o'clock on a Monday, and you are really hungry. And he's going, it's like, but you've got meetings that you got to go log into, but you don't turn your camera on because you're disheveled and you don't want to do your hair and you don't want your boss to see you like this. Like it's getting like sixth level inception on this whole thing, and then all of a sudden there's a plastic bag that gets pulled over your head and you're careened off into the trunk of a car, and then you're driven off into this place and you're you know buried in six feet in the ground and hearing dirt hitting the top of whatever you're in, and all of a sudden in the midst of having this plastic over your head you hear this glorious beautiful sound of singing like angels and then suddenly there's this sugary taste of something on your lips and you realize the bag has lettering on it and it's elordi <laughs> And it, they, it, the whole thing goes around to is like all of a sudden you discover as you're being buried alive that it's a bag of trolley like gummy worms that you've had placed over your head and you eat the gummy worms and you're able to project beautiful light out of your body and it breaks out of the sarcophagi that you've been entombed or enshrined in and it beams out into the night sky to try to bring you help but you've eaten all of the trolley because they're so delicious and the light's starting to fade and like you <laughs> and what Shane isn't mentioning here is that it's a like a full um, audio play, essentially, yes. where so there are sound effects, there's sound steps, there's the sounds of the paper bag and everything. And Shane, I can tell you almost exactly how long the commercial is. It might feel like 15 minutes. Uh, it's uh, 1.45 because I, mm. I was driving into work when I first heard that ad and on spot or on my in my car, like it'll show it'll stop showing last pod and it'll show si like advertisement right. and mm -hmm. then it'll say who it's for so the bit was ruined i, I kind of it they've been sponsored by trolleys for a while but that mm -hmm. is the only ad that i've heard that's that intricate it is very very fucking jarring in the middle of the episode yeah, yeah. uh but also how is do we get them i don't know well, how do you get us uh, aids ads 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 one is uh, anyway um back to the hepatitis again as far as I'm aware, if we just become popular enough... Oh, we're never going to get So, yeah. Or we mention them frequently enough, and one of their, I guess, marketing reps or something notices they can offer an oh, you mean spot to like us. the gal who tried to get us to pay to play for their ball shavers? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. Which, you know, kudos to them. But uh, long story short, too fucking late, as per usual, I actually... Bought myself a bag of trolleys today. <laughs> Did you really? So what, it works. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, that sounded delicious. The second they started talking about it, I was like, oh yes. I haven't had one worms. of those in a hot minute. Mm, they're delectable. I really enjoyed Get the sour it. Sour ones. And, uh, uh huh. And the thing that sold me was the chewing noises from the background of the ad. Oh. Or it's, uh, it's like that gummy kind of like. I, God damn! I never. 
I never, <laughs> not to pull Ben Kissel's thing, but on my bingo card, I never had Shane Hunt being obsessed with ASMR uh, on there. Uh, True. I did not have that on my life bingo card. And no one did, uh, strangely enough. But now we know. And knowing's half the butthole. G.I. Ho. That's what they say. So, uh, for those of you who want to pull yourselves up out of the grave without the benefit of trolleys uh, screaming to the sky that you have been entombed, uh, let me bring you to the surface. Because what we typically do on this podcast is we will delve into a random esoteric topic, and in the course of illuminating it to the rest of the co-hosts, we will leaven in the occasional lie, because that's the whole point of the show as we learned from michael in episode one with fake cheese still one of the greatest experiences that we have had and still our most popular episode through you know no fault of our own (laughs) but uh so once we have explained it is incumbent on those of us listening and somewhat paying attention to ferret out the lies sort the fact from fiction and scream posse at them occasionally and so that is what we are here to do today for a particular rarity amongst our throng insofar as john is going to be gracing us with one of his exceedingly well researched topics and i'm giddy (laughs) sort of weird goose are you fucking in there friend (laughs) well thank you so what are we talking about john (laughs) Um, well, first off, there are going to be four lies today. <gasps> okay. So we can rule out that uh, the lie is that there's no lies. Yes, you can rule that out. Oh. <laughs> so Joe Rogan, like I mentioned last week, is yet again Joe going Rogan. to be mentioned on this show. Trigger and this time, warning. Yeah, trigger warning. This time, <laughs> <laughs> this time not accompanied by Corbell and Alien Talk, but instead Elon Musk. Fuck. Trigger warning. Also trigger warning. <laughs> On episode 1169, Elon Musk famously lit up a joint during the interview. And that's when he brought up the theory that we might, in fact, be living inside a simulation. Mm -hmm. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then games will be indistinguishable from reality or civilization will end. One of those two things will occur. Elon essentially is borrowing from Nick Bostrom, who first proposed the simulation theory in 2003 in this hypothesis. As computers are getting exponentially more powerful each year, future civilizations will have a level of computing power that vastly exceeds ours by orders of magnitude. We already simulate life in many ways through computers, from video games to art and scientific research. These future civilizations may simulate the universe from the start up to their lifetime to understand the universe and humanity's past in exquisite detail. Mm. This means that there is another simulation within this simulation that (gasps) simulates the first simulated universe. I'm overstimulated by simulation. (laughs) I'm overstimulated. I want to take one second to disrupt your flow, uh, Mm -hmm. and I'm loath to do it, but... um, I like that this person's claiming that they came up with this theory in 2003 when the fucking Matrix came out in, like, so, 99 and, and so predates all of this. fucking happy you said that, because that's exactly what I was thinking the entire time I was, I was researching this. Like, I came up with this brilliant concept. Like, we could go find sap 
that's got like an insect in it. And we oh, could use that weird. to get dinosaur DNA. And we could recreate <laughs> dinosaurs, man. And like this somebody, amazing idea just came to me. Somebody at the coffee table, they're like, yeah, you know, that makes sense because life finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, back to, to Bostrom, he says then, but then the second one, uh, the simulated universe, also has a simulation and so on and so on. So there are billions of simulations within simulations, all of which host all of human history. This means there are billions of identical virtual yous that are living the same life. So the chances that you are the original you and not one of the many simulated ones is one in a billion. So it's VR string theory. Not, yes. So he's watched Rick and Morty once. God, you guys, are, <laughs> you guys are my friends, and this is the proof right here. Uh, and from this, we can conclude that we are likely in a simulation. I feel like you guys have already simulated. Simulated. Uh, you guys have already kind of got to this point. But simply put, reality is merely an ultra high tech computer simulation in which we sim live, sim work, sim laugh, sim love, and in Michael's case, sim simp. Ooh. Wait, how am I a simp? <laughs> do you even know what that word means? Yeah, Michael? I do. I'm hip with the youths. Oh, I know what simping it, means. To put it simply. <laughs> Yeah, are you saying he's simple or a simp or both? Yes. Yeah, because one is correct, one is not. Reality used to be a friend of mine. Now, I don't know if uh, if any of you are current on this season of Rick and Morty, season five. I'm I watched current. the first because it's uh, the only one that I could find on YouTube. Well, he controls the police. Um, he does. Episode two is mind-fucking in the way that Nick Bostrom is describing. Um, and then to Shane's point, I said, further back, just look at the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> it's the smell. <laughs> it's the smell. <laughs> I'm infected by it. Saturated with it. But why would simulations exist in the first place? Mr. Bostrom speculates that maybe future advanced civilizations would use this tech as an ancestry simulator. Kind of like a virtual history book to see what past civilizations had done before them. Frankly, a fair amount of people think Bostrom was onto something. Some even referenced earlier examples of other inquisitive minds such as Stephen Hawking's and Plato. Plato describes in his book Allegory of a Cave, which was written as a dialogue between Plato's brother and Socrates, uh, describes a group of people who have, been, who have lived chained to the wall of a cave all their lives facing a blank wall. The people watch shadows projected on the wall from objects passing in front of a fire behind them and give names and jobs to these shadows. The shadows are the prisoner's reality, but are not accurate representations of the real world. So Socrates in this explains how the philosopher in this allegory are like a prisoner who is freed from the cave and comes to understand that the shadows on the wall are actually not reality at all. A philosopher aims to understand and perceive the higher levels of reality. However, the other inmates of the cave do not even desire to leave their prison for they know no better life. It's like in the allegory itself, like one of the people exit the cave, see everything going on, and no one will join them. It's the uh, ex machina Jane in the Gray Box sequence. I need to rewatch that movie. You do. It's been a good long while. But just jive with me for a second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, if you had to guess, how likely do you think uh, it is that our perceived reality is all a big simulation? Oh, wow. That's a staggering number to try to come to terms with. It's just not. Michael, you're a person that science oh, is. 
<laughs> That's the best compliment I've ever gotten. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, if you had to take a stab, what would you what would you say? Stay. I'd say probably not. Um, okay. That's well, not a that's, number, that's, you scientific frog and a liar. I'm just gonna say no. I'm just gonna say no. It's I refuse 60, to. It's sixty forty or sixty forty in favor. Uh, oh. According to whom? Scientific uh, was... American <laughs> okay. publication. All right. Uh, who did they poll? Do you know? Me? I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you guys. John do you really think? Times. Do you really think that I looked at who they sourced this on that? This is an opinion piece. Yeah, this is John. definitely <laughs> opinion piece. <laughs> it's an editorial. <laughs> yeah, sixty forty man. No, they they took they took like Bostrom into account. Uh, Tyson Musk, like other you know, Mike. No, yeah, uh, Neil. This Neil. all simulation, motherfucker. It, it's, all right sim- it's all simulation. No, yeah, but I real. actually did. How kill the fuck him. you think I, I got a tiger and a killer right here? I this did. Not I real. did kill. It is registered as a lethal weapon. <laughs> the tiger or his right hand? Yes, both. <laughs> yes, true. Uh, can I call bullshit on the sixty forty? Then it is. It is not sixty forty. Uh, the article says fifty fifty. <gasps> okay, even <laughs> worse. Number lie. <laughs> it, literally, it literally just says it's a coin toss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, zero sum game. And then there's also there's there's a lot of people, and I don't remember if this is further down my script. I'll just omit it. Um, a lot of scientists aren't really happy with the theory, mainly because there's no real way to test it. Test it, and that's yeah. exactly what science is about: is being able to test these things. So I read something earlier today about Occam's razor, which is, uh, you know, in the it's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. So like the most, the most uh, a beautiful. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> When there so is shiny. like a lack of evidence, or if there's so many things present, the most simple mm-hmm. solution is oftentimes, you know, the correct one for the moment. So people are just like, "Well, you know, we don't have enough evidence at this point to say that we are in a simulation." So the, you know, the most likely thing is that we're not. So we're just going to go with that. You know, it's the the thing we can tangibly kind of kind of grasp on. Yeah, it's to, to your point to to you know tickle Michael's taint a little bit with this is something that I was always fascinated with when we start talking about the things that we know relative to our own creation or the Big Bang Theory or looking at black holes. It's like, well, the observable phenomena that we have, the things that we are able to study and extrapolate from would point to this. So it's never like with 100% certainty we can say this. Now, often these things will out, in particular, you know, a lot of the black hole theory that we're seeing proved these days and not the kind that you can find on Pornhub. But, uh... (laughs) it's just i always found that fascinating when we look back to the big bang where i'm like okay well we're saying there was just no matter whatsoever i'm like what galvanized this like one of those mysteries that we still can't necessarily just drill down on and say we know this is like well we couldn't observe it so same general principle applying here is like well we would never know if we were in a simulation we'd have to be outside of the matrix to see into it so it's right, like kind of like that. Go back uh, and prove the Big Bang. That moment in the final Matrix movie where they're unplugged and they're in this, the the craft and they the beautiful the only I think it's the only moment in the entire trilogy where you see actual sunlight from the actual universe where they go above yeah they the go cloud, above yeah. the clouds and it's this beautiful moment and, and then everything goes and descends back into chaos and bullshit yeah yeah um so. Assuming that we are in a simulation, blah, blah, blah. That also means that there are many more simulations existing in tandem, which, follow me here, means that there is a existence where Michael can pronounce everything correctly. Oh, my God. I don't know if I believe that. I think that's a bullshit lie. 
And at that, just because I, I did the preamble here, I think that's the last mention of Michael. So those two Michael jokes. That's it? That, that was enough for Becky to be like, God, you guys are really going in on Michael. I was oh, like, bitch, you so have nice. no idea. <laughs> okay, well, let's do wow. uh, equal representation here. There is a universe where Courtney is healthy as a horse, oh, has absolutely God. nothing. No malady can touch her. She's impervious to it. There's one where I am wafer thin and capable of running long distances at speed without death or dismay. And there's one where John, Quab help me, has rhythm and is willing to do research. I mean, I'm already half correct here. I have like six sources on this episode, guys. Oh my god! Oh shit! We're proving it. does really turn the corner for you, John? It yeah, I feel like a changed man. I have a I have an idea to pitch off air uh, that I talked to Michael about earlier as well. Uh, that you a guys motivation is a dangerous thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, just because we were discussing alternate timelines. Jonah <laughs> mentioned something to me. I don't remember the context. You mean Noah? Noah, yeah, sorry. Noah. In an alternate timeline. I think in an alternate timeline, Jonah is just straight up living his best life as a gay man. With you? <laughs> With me, probably. He, uh-huh. he dropped... I, I, I mean, I didn't think about that, but you know... I don't know yeah. where he got this term. Courtney, if you remember, please I, help. No, yeah, go okay. ahead and just tell it. <laughs> he described himself... Uh, recently as zesty straight and it fucking broke my brain because I think that's exactly how I identify as well because you're not quite metrosexual you're not quite homosexual but you do have like some tendencies that you know fall between those two uh, markers why the zest (laughs) so because it's like it's like salt bay he's like salt bay gay yeah, just like spicy. No, the he got that actually. It was a TikTok that I saw, and this girl had a bag of seasoned fries, and they were like, "Actually, I identify the same as this bag of fries, zesty straight." <laughs> That's and I even was better like, than I Jonah is a bag of fries, so this makes a lot of sense. So yeah, if anybody asks okay. me my uh, what I identify your sexual as, orientation. yeah, I'm, I'm zesty straight from here on out. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> I identify as a washing machine because I'm uh, swishy and straight. Okay. I mean, I don't understand. I, Courtney, don't be insensitive. It's 2021. He oh, can be a he can be a washer if you want okay. to be a what. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a, a uh, <laughs> for, for those who want to, to drill therapy. down on. I had joked about this with my mom. Uh, the the common run is I said she did everything in her power to queer me up when I was younger, but uh, <laughs> she told me to to cry whenever the you know an emotion strikes me, and that uh, taking bubble baths is a perfectly masculine thing, and I should not be ashamed of this at all. And I really love like aromatic candles and watching films where I cry constantly emotionally, and so you know I'm. Uh, I can't even talk. Pretty sh- flamboyant. You just like good things, then. I don't. Yeah, understand. I was gonna say I can't. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. can't talk shit about that because right now, like, the main thing keeping me from taking bubble baths, which do sound amazing and are amazing, Perfect. is that mm-hmm. I'm too fucking tall, and I don't have a tub oh. that can really like comfortably fit me. I feel that. You, look who you're talking to. <laughs> I'm taller than you. That's fine. I'm wider than you. Bathtubs are wide. They have to splash me with water like I'm, you know, beached whale over here. I can't get anything into the tub, otherwise it's just going to froth out, so I have to just kind of spitz myself with the two inches that I can get under my body in the tub. <laughs> but they're they're bubbly, goddammit. You have fucking killed Courtney. <laughs> I saw. It makes me giddy. <laughs> there's your, there's your clip. really. 
called the uh, sponge bath Shane pants over here. <laughs> All right, I'm done. That's brilliant. <laughs> Got to get the fluffs and folds. And yeah. just... <laughs> It's like filling in a form. I have to get all the blank spaces moist and purge out whatever cheese is, is stuck there and <laughs> go back to bed. Huh. Steak. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. And, and listeners, that's Shane at 60%. Um, <laughs> 60% Shane. Uh, 40%. 40, Michael. 43% Michael. 43% Michael, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, well, hey, let's get back here. Let's look at five... Five considerations that would impact whether this theory could be true. I'm intrigued. Number one. Name five. I'm, I'm, I'm about to. Um, it is possible to simulate consciousness. So this is an interesting fact that I learned uh, or that I saw in one of my sources, which was a... Michael, you're going to help me here. Uh, got Oh, Kurskazat. There we go. It's impossible for me. Yeah. It's and a word that you, you can pronounce that I can't. It's it's German for in a nutshell, Sick. essentially. So I learned this fact from him, and <clears throat> that for this possibility to be true, we would need a computer with the ability to perform a million, trillion, trillion, trillion operations per second. And that is not bullshit. It's a lot. It's a pretty big number. So for for us to be able to simulate consciousness, that's what it would take. So number two. Or just have a you know, blue book feeding everything into <laughs> Ava. I don't think I understand the Kelly reference. <laughs> it's it's uh, another Ex Machina reference, so that's you're, you're I, down I'm to... gonna I'm gonna rewatch that tonight or tomorrow. I'm, for sure. I'm holding serve right now, which is really good. In fact, if Jonah, I know we're we're gonna watch this, a horror movie later, but we might just need to watch Ex Machina. We've never seen it. I think it would be fun. Um, uh, according to Melissa, it's a piece of shit. So, oof. Well, I'm about to say the first bad thing I've ever said about Melissa. No, 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 no. <laughs> I disagree with her opinion. I do not appreciate your take. <laughs> I do not like your moxie, madam. I no, think it would that be was impossible a... to say anything mean to Melissa. Like, there... oh well, that's it's not impossible. <laughs> <laughs> and that's called relationships. Love, true love. Oh, I was joking last night because we're we're sitting there. It's just uh, you know, personal information be damned. But she turned to me after she got her results this morning and she's like, "Wouldn't it be funny if I don't have it but you were covid positive after your test?" I'm like, "Oh, so now you're just willing covid on me just so that you can feel better about my not being sick?" Like no, I'm just saying it's funny. I was like, "That's cold. That's really like you know, just to try to make yourself feel better for being sick on your birthday." Now you want me to get COVID? <laughs> I feel. Uh, let's indulge the tangent for just a second because I feel like we can all jump in on this shit. <laughs> Similarly, in my relationship, uh, Becky and I went to the gym today. Stopped at CVS because I needed needed something, and I was heading back or heading back to my house. And I was about to hit the light. The light turns yellow, and I put on my brakes, and I stop at the light, and immediately Becky yells. She goes, you could have fucking gone through that. And I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, do you want to drive your fucking self next time? <laughs> As relationship arguments go. And then I was like, uh-huh. I'm, I don't know where you learned how to drive, but yellow does not mean speed up. It means fucking slow down. So if you want to teach me how to drive, show me the course. <laughs> and then like 30 seconds go by, and it's like, Hey, uh, sorry, I'm telling you how to fucking drive. It's like, yeah, sorry, I snapped at you. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that that responds to me like, oh, I'm sorry that I hold your life so dear that I didn't want to endanger it by careening through an intersection. Damn, the shark gets it. (laughs) Yeah, next time, I'll I'll happily make sure that I turn towards whatever, you know, incoming traffic with your door. (laughs) So I'll at least walk away from this fucking thing, and I will send my regards and some flowers to your family. <laughs> you want me to be your lead foot assassin over here for Christ's sakes. You know what, Shane, in another in another existence of our simulation that definitely happened today. Yep. In a in a tandem universe. Okay, so, so point crash yeah. the film. <laughs> point Jesus. Point one of theories to consider that would impact whether this theory could be true is that it's possible to simulate consciousness. Point okay. two. Or consideration two. Uh, technological progress will not stop anytime soon. So pretty self-explanatory on this, but another interesting nugget from Michael's favorite YouTuber is the concept of, uh, I'm going to butcher this as well, uh, Matryoshka's brain. Spelled out for shame. M-A-T-R-I-O-S-H-K-A. Matryoshka? Sure. Anyway, now now the listeners know too. Um, But this is a hypothetical megastructure of immense computational capacity powered by a Dyson spear. A Dyson sphere uh, being a hypothetical megastructure that completely encompasses a star and captures a large percentage of its power output. The cons- oh, I thought it was a food processor. I'm it's actually sure it's a, a vacuum. vacuum. Yep. Yeah. As a woman, I can say I do know that it is a vacuum. Oh, a cleaning device. I know those. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> she said Go it. up, Courtney. Fire back. <laughs> You're 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 important, and you are kind, and you are respected. We cherish and value you, and your opinions. Yeah, you can talk. Oh, you have (laughs) you have our permission to speak. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, I would like to thank the academy. (laughs) Sorry, God. Sorry, Courtney. Uh, (laughs) So the Dyson sphere uh, is. It's a thought experiment, essentially, that attempts to explain how a spacefaring civilization would meet its energy requirements once those requirements exceeded what can be generated from the home's planet's resources alone. Uh, Only a tiny fraction of a star's energy emissions reaches the surface of any orbiting planet. Building structures encircling a star would enable a civilization to harvest far more energy. Mm -hmm. So just more like think like essentially just kind of counterpoints to these considerations of if it could what it could is the dyson sphere bullshit it's not no okay um okay michael (laughs) i know what you're knowing something yeah it it, it makes sense well i was nervous Mm -hmm. uh the moment that i started writing the the episode out i was like i really shouldn't be the one that's doing this episode i felt so out of place like this has nothing to do with dick and fart jokes It's not cool haunting conspiracies. I mean, it's you not are punk giving rock. Michael a boner, so you're in your lane. I'm trying to get him to shotgun blast one more time. <laughs> Matrushenka's blue balls over here. Ooh. Uh, Tell me about <laughs> that Dyson blue balls. again. Uh, number three uh, would be advanced civilizations don't or don't destroy themselves. So Shane, the ever-present Metallica fan in the room, uh, would probably agree that we are hardwired to self-destruct. Um, so why haven't we seen traces of true extraterrestrial life the answer is that it all comes back to the concept of the great filter which i have tapped michael on the shoulder to explain for you guys yeah which actually that's kind of you're talking about galaxy spinning civilizations and everything 
Uh, so we can think of the development of a galaxy-spanning civilization as taking place over um, discrete steps, like how to get to that point where you control the galaxy. Uh, like, we can't colonize other planets if we haven't developed spaceflight. Uh, we can't build and maintain cities without developing tools. Uh, we can't... Um, you know, we can't get complex life without developing sexual organs for reproduction. You know, those sort of steps that you need in order to get to a galaxy-spanning civilization. Um, however, since we haven't seen one from our perspective as humans, um, there are several possibilities as to why. Uh, the first uh, is that we are the first civilization to get to where we are currently, or we will be the first one, in a sense, to... Um, get to galaxy-spanning civilization eventually. We're number um, one. We're number yes. one. <laughs> That's terrifying. Make uh, the, the universe sa- great again. Oh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> now that's going to keep me up tonight. Um, the second, there is some Star Trek-style prime directive um, thing in place for these galaxy-spanning civilizations that prevent contact with more primitive civilizations like our own. Uh, These are both very Earth-centric ideas, in my opinion. Uh, First, saying that we're first to do it. Um, There is a third uh, option that is a a lot more interesting slash terrifying, depending on how you think about it. Um, It it would imply, based off the fact that we wouldn't be the first to get to this point— and that also there's no prime directive esque thing going on mm-hmm. that there is some sort of great filter that no previous civilization has passed so at some point in the development leading up to galaxy spanning civilization there is some like a wall that all civilizations completely and utterly destroy themselves at and it could be getting to other planets it could be other other steps in this you know staircase i it's guess fil- if you will a filter of progress yes yeah. yeah and there's ways to think about it um i got a lot of this from watching another kurtz gazat uh, video that was yeah. about the great filter uh, it was a very great episode and we'll try and link it in the show notes as well um because a lot if i could describe this channel a lot it's a lot of existential uh crises it's happy it's Every- happy dread <laughs> Yes, my favorite video that they've done is um, what was it? Optimistic nihilism. Yeah, uh, which is probably like the, my favorite episode that uh, that so, they've done. But me in but the that's bathtub it. again. Yes, <laughs> but that's and he's back in the bathtub again. <laughs> Dogs in the bathtub. Yep. Get him out. But but that's the whole kind of whole idea of a great filter is that we haven't seen any super advanced civilizations yet. Most likely because there's some sort of wall that so, civilizations hit. For an appropriate metaphor, drawing from what we have already multiple times, pulling fresh water from the well again, uh, liberally lifting from the Matrix Reloaded, where they, you know, the emissaries of the machine world essentially allow the human resistance to grow to a certain strength level, and then they wipe it out and start over again. And they are the ones who are seeding humanity back out, yeah, because they realize we thrive a little bit better when we have opposition. And so if we feel like we're struggling against something, we will be more inclined to be sort of subservient to the system if we feel we're fighting against it. Exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see what you're saying in that. And in that case, yes. And because the machines themselves, they don't really have any sort of desire 
uh, to leave Earth, in mm-hmm. a sense, right? So in that case, that would be a great idea of the Great Filter, where there's a singularity, an AI singularity, that prevents growth off of the planet because the AI doesn't care about colonizing other planets. Mm-hmm. And if they're controlling the organic population uh, to prevent them from colonizing, then that could explain that that's a good theory in that case. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, thanks, Mike. Um, yeah. So number four on the considerations. Um, so super advanced civilizations want to run a simulation. It's if they want to run the simulation in the first place. Um, the question being, why would they want to run a simulation? So assuming that these are post-human or, you know, they're, they're post-human uh, mm-hmm. entities. Um, what benefit outside of like the ancestral simulator would they really want with us? Because perspective-wise, to them, we're ants. So what, what use do, do we truly have to them outside of maybe being a version of the Sims game? You know, mm-hmm. like why we enjoy playing the Sims and trapping those characters in pools with no ways to get out until they drown and die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. the fifth and final consideration is that if there are a lot of simulations, you're more than probably inside of one this very moment. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Now, speaking back what? to The Sims. That's that's a consideration against? It's a consideration for the theory to be true. Oh, okay. Um, and then speaking... I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Is that bullshit? It's that not bullshit. That doesn't sound like so, a good... <laughs> so originally, the, the first three um, is what Bostrom proposed, if I'm remembering correctly. The other two were add-ons by Kurskazat. Kurskazat. Yeah, and he had a collaborator um, on that episode as well. And they also had a, uh, a tie-in episode with the, the co-collaborator. Um, that didn't make sense. Anyway, yeah. those, are, those are linked. Those are linked up the okay. videos. Um, so the idea is essentially kind of what you're saying is that there is such a broad proliferation of, you know, it, presuming upon the idea that there are simulations. There would be so many of them that the odds are we would have to be in one. Right. And then what the argument becomes is it at a certain point, the argument argument doesn't even rely on whether or not you're in a simulation. It becomes whether or not you are in the base reality. Okay. So the argument is that, yes, we are all in a simulation, but are we the simulation that simulates in the future or are we already just being simulated? Yeah. It's are weird we, are we the, the player yeah. or are we the Sims? Yeah, um, and to the Sims, there's fair comparison, I think, between that theory um, and looking at the correlation of how far we've come. And I think it's what Elon Musk was kind of mentioning, is how far graphically video games have come and processing Mm -hmm. power has come just in the past 30 years. Uh, And I've seen mentions uh, in one of those videos of, like, VR tech. So, like, when you're playing VR, you have your Oculus on and you're playing Beat Saber, uh, you know, everything's existing in front of you. But is this that uh, Pornhub thing where you beat off in rhythm again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. uh, but when you're playing Beat Saber and you're looking forward, technically nothing exists behind you until you turn around to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they brought up this theory that if we are being simulated, that the things that are simulated exist as we need them to until we dive deeper. So for example... Like, the chairs that we're sitting on exist in this form. Technically, they don't even have atoms or or anything forming them until you would cut deeper into the layer. 
so think of that uh again you guys nailed it on the head with the rick and morty episode really fucking it up um the uh fuck it's season one i think Oh, where, it was the hungry for apples episode. Yeah, the hungry for a- uh, hungry for apples episode okay. is essentially what they're what they're describing, and I I can feel like I can feel valid uh, on those theories because of like VR and like seeing how crazy that shit can get. And when I was growing up, thinking, and we're getting dangerously close already of like video games are going to be hyper realistic to the point where you're not going to be able to discern. Point being, we're in the NBA finals right now. And the games are all on when I'm at work and I turn around and since I played uh, during quarantine NBA 2K, Mm -hmm. um, I'm familiar with some of the camera angles that they use and the the cutaway scenes, you know, when they're showing like breakaways Um, and the game was on and I turned my head and 2K and they they recreated it or recreated it so fucking well. It was scary. It freaked me. Yeah, the they fuck actually out. have sweat running down people's faces in that it game. Is, it's fucking terrifying. It's, yeah, it it kind of throws you through a loop. Like, and, and even playing uh, Red Dead as frequently as I do, like the fact that they emulate animal behavior and render it so brilliantly, and it only—I mean, the thing occurs just completely in the background, apropos of nothing, until you start to interact with it, and then it will change. But, you know, there will be a bear just scratching its back against a tree somewhere or two yeah. uh, deer fighting one another. And it's just those sorts of things that, yes, within the observable spectrum, but it all looks stunningly photoreal at this point, And that's still just barely operating off of a, a disc. Yeah. And, and the thought. Uh, so two, two things about that. Sure. First, Shane, were you aware of the air quotes controversy uh, where they actually would simulate? I think it's horse testicles shriveling in the cold. Yes, I have you seen heard, that heard about that in Red yes. Dead Two. Uh-huh. Okay, um, <laughs> the, if you have, if you're noticing these things, <laughs> I don't know why you. Would. You must oh, laugh boy, when someone shrink. says they got a swallow tattoo. Well, I, <laughs> I suggested to uh, I suggested to Becky that she play Red Dead Two next because you can focus on story or. You can be the person, or you can be the person that just explores this huge, massive world, and you can do nothing but just ride your horse and like look at the nature and you know just you know decompress that way. So I agree with you mostly that people that are finding shriveling horse testicles probably have a deeper problem to root out, but or it's just again this is something that is so beautiful and true to life that they've even accounted for the fact that you will have shrunken testicles from time to time. But those kind of processes that you brought up with like bears and the, you know, scratching themselves until you interact with them, it's similar to what I was mentioning about that chair theory or, you know, about mm-hmm. simulating, you know, what you need to see in the time. And the theory there or that was speculated is that that's a way <laughs> for these super post humans to save CPU. And with all the fucking issues that I've been having lately with CPU usage, I completely get it. <laughs> My and this was the second point I wanted to make was that why would you assume that it's computationally, you know, they're saving on computational space for us when we're already in the simulation? Why would it need to, when all you need to do to simulate us is you don't need to replicate every single behavior that these post humans have. You can just reduce you. I guess what I'm trying to say is why pe- why would they assume that the CPU would change based off our own um, it's yeah. of how, observation? It, it, yeah. Are we players in this or are we 
non-player characters exactly. or NPCs. So, like yeah. that's the thing that I kind of like when I heard that I got those dis dis uh, or uh, discognizant vibes. Right, and you're also it. presupposing there's any limitation at all. Yeah, which, that's uh, also know, true. Where if if they can create multiple simulations like that, uh, why would they have any limitation? Yeah, so there's uh, another thing before because you guys are kind of leading into my closing here. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, you're good. It's kind of what's meant to happen. So, um, we're knee deep already, and the last fun thought that I I put in here is that they're the, the last theory that they have like kind of like piggybacking off the simulation theory is that maybe the reason that we perceive the universe to still be growing and expanding is because the simulation hasn't fully loaded and kind of like an AOL internet connection. Uh, it's still buffering. That's so. <laughs> that's so. <I>, Earth centric. <laughs> that's so. That's so central to our to our own like interpretation of the universe that I feel like that you can't really count that. It, like we're. It's like w- you guys said you... already earlier, where you're we're ants to to them. Why would we project our own experiences about? dial-up or loading screens and stuff and project that to these, you know, um, post-human Yeah, because the only thing that we have as a frame of reference is what we've experienced yes. empirically, alluding yeah. to what we're talking about, so, you know, previously. Yeah, so yeah. the what, what gets, what's been thrown around is that it creates this technological solipsism in which Shane just, you know, killed it already. You know? Well, bless you. Yeah. Um, and then I even even included uh, a quote that Shane would appreciate that was at the tail end of the, the last video that I watched last night. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm going to ask what you guys think and your opinions on whether or not, and Michael already said no, that we're living in a simulation. Because um, Philip K. Dick did argue <gasps> that fake realities will create fake humans. How do I know that tasty wheat actually does taste like tasty wheat? Maybe to the post humans, what I think is tasty wheat actually tastes like corned beef. <laughs> well, um, can I uh, call bullshit on the Philip K. Dick quote purely because it's it's too much of a layup for me? Nope, that's a that's a that's a Philip K. Dick. Okay, I'm quote. also wearing my my uh, Ubik shirt nice. today, so uh, I'm I'm repping uh, PKD as you say this. So that's nice. why I had to ask. Nope, but that's uh, that's all I got for you guys. There's no conclusion really to this topic because there's no conclusiveness to the theory, right? <laughs> and I can't say I will never say with 100 percent certainty. This is the reason why I hemmed and hawed earlier. Is I will never say with 100% certainty that something absolutely cannot be the case. Uh, because I think there is enough in the, you know, minimalist sort of uh, anomalies that we encounter just day to day of the yeah. things that can never happen of a mother being able to pick a car up off of her child. Like these things are observable. We've encountered them. They're rare and anomalous, but they do still occur. So, you know, for me to say just from my own perspective, that, oh, there's no chance whatsoever that we're in a simulation. Uh, it's a little bit uh, outside of what I'm comfortable with. So there's there's a chance. It certainly exists. It's not impossible. It's right. improbable uh, based on what we know. But again, that is presupposing we know enough to know what the limitations are and we simply don't if you can believe that there is a god out there you can also believe that there is a machine brain a la dune that is controlling the machinations of everything and is manifesting this reality as it sees fit yeah 
that that actually perfectly ties into what I was going to say as well. And I was going to use God analogy as well. Um, I don't think so, but I also don't think about it because it's not something that you can test. And as someone that, as someone that pretends to be a scientist most of the time, uh, if it's not something that I can test or something that I can, you know, research in a way that I can get not necessarily a conclusive answer because that's not how science works, but something to where I can prove more definitively than a coin toss, Mm. um, if it's real or not, or if there's some sort of, you know, answer to it, I won't think about it. It's the same thing for religion. It's the same thing for God. If there, I don't, if there's no way to test for it, then I'm not going to waste my time thinking about it. It's a cool little thought experiment to be like, oh yeah, what if we're in a simulation? It's cute. Um, <laughs> to sound way more egotistical than I meant that to sound, but if it's not something that I can directly test or, you know, look into more than just, Hey, look at this cool thought experiment, then I'm not really going to give it any more thought than just, Oh, that's a cool thing to think okay. about. So you're not into theoretical physics. Well, what about theoretical quantum physics, physics can <laughs> theoretical physics and quantum physics can be shown more mathematically. They can be shown or, not necessarily proven. You can't prove anything definitively, yada, yada, philosophy of science. Right. But you, but at least you can have more backing than a what if this or what you, if. You, yeah, you work your way back off of variables, basically. Is you have everything yeah. else fundamentally in place. And then if we plug in this, this might happen. Yeah, it's it's one of those things of how, how deep are you going to go with the what if. If you start yeah. with the idea that one plus one is two, then you can build up from there. Um, one of my favorite things I love to quote is there was an actual proof, a mathematical proof for one plus one equaling two, and that it took about 50 some odd pages to prove because you had to define what one was, what plus, what a plus sign was, what an equal sign is, Sounds fucking what two exhausting. is. <laughs> I never want to read it because I feel like it's so you, inane. <laughs> you might, you might uh, relate to it. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be like. This is this is the same amount of detail that I give in my presentation. God damn it, I'm perfect. falling in love. I needed, <laughs> it might unlock I needed this granularity. <laughs> but that's that's my thoughts on that. How about you, Courtney? Well, I think everything is true or nothing is true, so I don't know that it matters either way. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I agree with that, mainly from like a nihilistic standpoint. <laughs> Um, an optimistic nihilist or uh depends on the day um because that's that's kind of where i've been falling lately and i don't know if it's just you know the next iteration of my mental health but um in a world where seemingly nothing matters the only things that matter is you know what you do with the time that you're given so whether or not you're in a simulation um if you are or aren't i think the only thing that matters is what you do with the time that you have in there um Thanks, Gandalf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if we are living in a simulation, fucking kick-ass sea bass. Uh, I don't know why I can't manifest fucking hundred-dollar bills. Uh, yeah, but I got, yeah, I guess I got some. <laughs> I got some problems. I, I I got some you know bug fixes that they should really bring to the developer. <laughs> yeah, I'm a tester. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah, testees. I think, I think I'm with Corey on this. It's like whether whether you are or aren't like. <sighs> gives a shit i've got too many problems to think about to even consider this as an option let's tackle today yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, I would be more fatalistic than uh, nihilistic, where I was like, okay, if this is a simulation, then fuck this noise. I don't need Boom. to do this anymore. But bathtub. Would it, would it change the <laughs> back way in the bathtub? That back you in the bathtub. If you knew it was a simulation. Say again. Would it change the way you live currently if you knew it was a simulation? I would say oh, there's course. a significant amount of this that has occurred when I stopped fundamentally believing in religion. Yeah. That proves that point. Because I was living as though there were an expectation, like a test I needed to pass later on. And then uh, it, it was piecemeal, and it certainly wasn't necessarily always by choice. But there are barriers that were broken down, and they were, you know, difficult, even painfully, to crib for me and Malcolm. But, uh, you know, there, there you are. Uh, so, yeah, once I stopped believing in this idea that I was trying to live up to the expectation of some purportedly magical entity that created the universe, I started changing how I conducted myself. And, yeah, that is a hurdle I think I would have difficulty clearing if I, you know, didn't feel as though this was an organic existence I was living and that I could just sort of elect to end it and uh, Groundhog Day this of like, well, let me just uh, throw the Try toaster again. in the bathtub to keep our yeah. uh, metaphor going you and know see what? what happens if it's a hard reboot. Like, yeah, I would probably try it just to see what happened. happen. Like, you know, it's trash. Fucking, fucking dump it. Put the fucking toaster in the fucking bathtub. <laughs> I want you... When, uh, when I'm frightened in... Uh, oh, dad it in white rabbit when the you know race reaches that fantastic note and the rabbit bites his own head off i want you to throw the toaster into no the stereo into the tub with me oh god i i'm lost back to fear and loathing again Fuck, sorry yeah. uh, I, I, I link it all together okay that that's a through line got it i yes. i have not read or watched and i know that you hate me for it yeah, well, it, you know, taste is subjective. If, uh, if you don't hate me by the end of an episode, I don't think we've had an episode. So, it's a fine point. It's kind of how I exist in the world, sadly. <laughs> Speaking of the episode, though, do you guys have any stabs for some lies? Because you caught one. Well, thank you. <laughs> I don't think he said any other numbers. Were there actually five considerations? Yep. I debated changing Damn that, it. but then figured that would be. <laughs> He he did say there was uh, there was some cheap ones uh, floating about. I did guarantee goddamn so. tea to Becky one uh, after she read the script. They're like they're going to get the sixty forty one. They're going to uh -huh. get that one. Yeah, that's the one they're expecting, but they're not expecting the others. <sighs> no, I got nothing. No. Okay, so in the uh, sorry, Shane, you get anything? I'm I'm still uh, again. It's the the difficulty of trying to process the entire episode and get back to the one or two things that arced my that eyebrows. That is tough, over and the we've, we've tried. When we were running. Yeah, we've tried over the hundred episodes to be more in the moment or to mm -hmm. you know, but I feel like this is still the best and only way to really do it is the postscript. Yeah, yeah, at the very least, give an option for it just in case there was something that you felt like you wanted to say but you didn't want to break the flow. Because that's something I always run into. Um, I I sometimes am loath to call out bullshit because I don't want to break the train of thought that's going on. Right, um, and then all but of then a sudden you I forget. realize that. Yeah, but then I also realize that I'm a terrible human being, so I I'll, I'll yell out bullshit anyway. So, and and that's but I also encourage you to do that because I know otherwise if you try to hold it all in talking. until the end, yeah, it's it's, it's gone. gonna <laughs> die. So, um, I if I hadn't seen the Elon Musk uh, segment myself where some of those discussions were taking place, I did not see when he lit the joint though. So that he was is. one thing where I was like, is is it actually associated with a moment where he it's not lit it's not associated with them? That's that. not a live. That's just kind of a fluster or a clusterfuck of a wording okay. on my part. It's in the episode. 
episode, and I thought okay. that was interesting when I started looking into it because when I was starting to search, one of the first things that popped up was the Rogan episode with Musk lighting the mm-hmm. joint, and then I had to make sure I did make sure that it is the same episode that he infamously lit that fucking joint because okay. uh, I I think still that's hilarious. I also enjoy that Rogan makes fun of the fact that uh, they were talking about Red Dead Redemption, in fact, and some of the controversy surrounding it. Uh, For instance, like the Klan rallies that you can sort of inconveniently audit from time to time. Oh, dude, I love killing those fucking little little bastards. That's one of my favorite moments in the entire game. Is seeing what incendiary devices do I have with me at the moment? How Uh, can I creatively kill a piece of shit? Yeah, he's always like, you know, if I just want to hunt, I'm just going to go out and hunt. I was like, yeah, but a lot of us are lazy and don't like to be imperiled by, like, I actually am going to go face-to-face with nature and possibly be eaten by a black bear that's been, you know, sugared up on donuts by some weird woman. Uh, <laughs> <Hey>. New Hampshire. <laughs> triggered. Uh, hashtag triggered. Uh, and so, yeah, like, I'm I'm much happier and, and feel, you know, as, as calm and sedate as a Hindu cow playing that game because i can experience all of these things and not leave my couch also for you playstation users out there and if you have a playstation plus membership i think red dead 2 will be the game of the month for july or Mm -hmm. yeah for july so if you haven't done it you should it's amazing um whether or not you give a shit about the online which shane and i both i think have already said that we're not really into that tried it but there are a lot of people that are so if you if you want to have fun you do that it i'm telling you it is my apex game the more and more that i i go back into i start it over again uh, i have an itch it just tickles me i have an itch to replay because i only played it the one uh i just need to finish uh ghost first I, there, there's other games that I'm, I'm playing as always but mm-hmm. um and, anywho so let's... i can i can correct you uh red dead is not this month because that threw me through a loop this month is call of duty black ops 4 and wwe 2k Battle oh then it must be august then because it's, i remember it's upcoming. being very very disappointed about this month yeah i do uh, have a cause... stab <clears throat> go yeah. ahead i thought about it smart you mentioned stephen hawking in passing at one point yeah what does he have to do with all this nothing Oh, okay. well, well, he well, well done. So he doesn't really have anything to do. That was my last thing. So I told you that I went to the, the bar uh, uh-huh. for a quick drink before this. I had to, I, I went to a bar for a quick lie session uh, with the episode because <laughs> <laughs> so, I wrote it all all factual. I was like, all right, it's time to fucking go through and put these fucking lies in here. Okay. Um, and I wanted to do Stephen Hawking's, but I was like, there's such a likelihood that this guy had to have fucking said this or had to have agreed with Fair. it. And he kind of did. And I'm kind of pulling teeth here. So he thinks that it's a hologram, not necessarily a simulation. So it's slightly different. Um, I'll go down that rabbit hole at a different time. But okay. But specifically, who Bostrom was referring to was Plato. So, right. the, which I mean, the analogy is apt. Yeah, 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 yeah. quite. You know, it's funny. I was, uh, I was thinking back to uh, the times when I got to dabble in in physics. Uh, when I was uh, taking uh, astronomy courses and the joys of discussing both string theory and saddle theory uh, were things that just absolutely boggled my mind. Is that uh, something that is still... Now, granted, this was nearly 20 years ago that this was something I was discussing, Michael. So uh, is this something you're familiar with? I know of string theory because there's... It's, so, it's one of those Pandora's box of things right. where you can mention string theory and it's, it could mean a different million different things. But I'm not familiar with saddle theory, but I assume it has something 
similar? The way they were explaining it back at the time, and again, this was something that had nothing to do with, uh, you know, the general physics principles, but was more just talking about our, our relation to time and space, is the idea that universes are lined up on top of one another, sort of like if it's easier to think of it as like strings on a guitar. So there's a degree of separation with all these things. And so they exist in parallel to one another essentially then to change that saddle theory is the idea that universes are not just a linear path but they have what is loosely the shape of a horse saddle and so the idea is is that because of that and because they're not running in parallel that those are places where realities can collide so in sort of an 11 63 of it all, because universes don't keep a linear shape, there will be overlap or there is dimensional overlap. And so it's not necessarily oh. something that relates galactically, but um, can also just be the dimensions of reality that we exist in. And so some gotcha. of that factors into the way of thinking I had for this, where I'm going, okay, this is interesting where you think of, okay, so there will be some overlap in places. Because we can't just expect that things run in a, a straight line or that there won't be any sort of impact on one another. You'd imagine some simulations, in fact, would probably run into one another. But anyway, all of these things. I think Hawking had some discourse on string theory at some point is what I'm trying to extrapolate from. Uh, and so this yeah, what he, sprung it. I can't remember exactly um, what he had to do, but I know that his work with black holes... Uh, definitely influenced some work into string theory. It's one of it's it's what people think of like quantum mechanics. Physicists think of string theory, mm -hmm. uh, and that's a gross overgeneralization. I hope the you know point zero two <laughs> the scientific um, community will not physicists you. that watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you're offended, write in the comments. Uh, <laughs> they won't. Well played. <laughs> Yeah, um, engage if you're offended. If you're not offended to have no idea, still write in the comments. But uh, <laughs> I don't know where comments, but just find some comments and write them. Or tell your near the nearest person that you're here. Just like start ranting at them. Yeah. Speaking um, of which, but... if you're on your preferred <laughs> provider app, you know, rate and review. Tell us what we <laughs> tell us what yeah, you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. We'd love to hear from yeah, you. you Bam! Yeah. Terrible segue. Um, but like it's it's one of those things where you can talk a lot of people use the idea of string theory how a lot uh, more lay people use the idea of quantum mechanics to explain things string theory is like a it, it's a lot of people's different attempts at a theory of everything mm -hmm. um and so when you have a theory of everything especially when you draw on more modern discoveries of physics you have to try and tie a lot of things together at once especially if they have no known relation okay. or at least no no well-known relation and so he might have something tangentially uh it could be the same idea as like einstein before he died he was trying to write a theory of everything uh it could have been that uh hawking before he passed he had some work in that as well i'm not sure i couldn't tell the you simulation Ooh, no, just but... ran out of processing power <laughs> i i know i did slow down uh, I see the loading screen. Of, uh, I'm getting all I'm getting is blue in front of my eyes. I'm getting a your system has crashed. Yep, my man. <laughs> the other lie that you guys. <laughs> Sorry, you're great. The other lie that you guys missed um, was another cheap shot. But in the allegory of a cave, um, the people that were seeing the shadows on the wall, they did assign. The shadows' names, but they didn't assign Not jobs. the shadows' jobs. Okay, oh, I, it, it, as God. you said it, my brain—I was sitting there and I'm going like, 
Why would they need? They jobs? wouldn't have jobs. They're 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 chained in a cave. But okay, sure. This one's a tax attorney. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did you see the shadows? Like he's got like a keyboard or a, a, you know a typewriter or something. He's just he's not a tax it. attorney. He's a taxidermist. <laughs> Same thing. Nope. Um, and now the final one. I'm I'm really proud of this mm. one. This one I think is genre defying lie for me. Uh, Michael? Um, so, in my little blurb, I actually had a lie. What? Yeah. Uh, so, I mentioned steps to the development of a galaxy-spanning civilization. I mentioned uh, compact, complex <laughs> life cannot come about without de- developing sexual organs for reproduction. Uh, that is uh, not necessarily true. If you're there only referring plenty. to organic life. Uh... <laughs> yeah. There are plenty of animals that actually can reproduce asexually uh, through many different ways. I actually I know you envy to, them. Uh, yeah, if only I can just reproduce by butt. No, actually, I wouldn't want to do that because there would be more than one me. And, and you say reproduce there's only by one. butt. There's yes, it's it's like a butt, butt babies. Never mind. Yeah, I just shit one out. Tanakis D. But there's there's actually a couple that I found. Apparently, there are chickens and some types of reptiles that can. Um, reproduce with their uh, eggs unfertilized, um, almost kind of like the the Jurassic Park. Would you say life uh, found finds a way? Yeah. <laughs> so we used that once already. Yeah. I would like to just say that that was a really cheap shot, John, because as soon as Michael starts talking, I zone out. So there was no way I was going to get that lie. I just thought you it would be bias. really fun. That was really good. Yeah. Well done. It was. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's all uh, kudos, my friend. You uh, you've have actually delivered an episode. I, I feel like I haven't changed at all. <laughs> well, the, uh, there was the whole point. There was no mention of your document crashing or technology, you know, defeating you nope, or true. Uh, dealing with the, the handicap of having Michael part of your presentation. Well, the, the only handicap that I really had is that I used to be uh, liberal and to really pull myself up by my bootstraps to do this episode i just leaned into being a fucking red-ass republican and yeah just a little stick-to-itiveness and you can overcome anything all fucking took guys thank you for sharing your testimony with us brother john yeah you're very fucking welcome (laughs) i would like to bear my testimony (laughs) i don't think you can do that Ah, i'm just kidding i'm not a fucking idiot Listen, to all of our Republican friends who listen to this podcast... You're a fucking idiot. We love (laughs) and appreciate you (laughs) and whatever money that you're willing to let us little grubbing miscreants get a hold of at some point in our lives, and thank you. Well, it's for the greater good, so we should all just share our money and all make the same wage doing different jobs. Mm, yes, Varying well, degrees of effort. Borderline but it's... communism, my friends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but speaking of which, you know those sponsors that we were uh, trying to get previously that we were alluding to? I'm sure yeah, a lot gone. of them are most certainly Republicans. <laughs> so just bear that in mind. Uh, if you're willing to take the money, you've got to be willing to abandon all scruples. No, it's fine that you're capitalist pigs. It's great. <laughs> oink, oink, hey, I'll sell out at a moment. I tell you what. Hey, in this in this simulation, you're doing fucking great. 
Noted. <laughs> well, before we get out of here, I know John had alluded to this, and I think that at 100 episodes, at the very least, we can somewhat uh, tease uh, a little appreciation. And Michael is being technical with us and saying that really it's not an anniversary until we hit episode 104, because everyone thinks that way. Uh, welcome to the physicist in the room, but uh, by for the a well, year, actually, right? Yeah, for for those of us who are are celebrating at 100, like most other folks do, who are just governed by odd, uh, what shall we say, uh, Roman-esque numeric systems, <laughs> always got to deal with tens and hundreds here. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's that's where we're at. So, uh, here's a challenge for all of you, and I have pulled up the uh, the hit list playlist from YouTube just to give myself a leg up here. But I oh. would like each of us. To select an episode that was one of our favorites that we did not present ourselves. That's going to be really easy for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I didn't want to uh, unnecessarily uh, throw a hurdle in front of you, John. You want us to report back next week or brainstorm? No, no, no. I mean, right now, I I think we we need to just one. I'm not saying you've got to pick everything out. And I'm just saying... Think of a, um, an episode th- that you remember was really fun in the moment for recording, and I think this will be even more sort of interesting to get Courtney's impression because she was not present for many of the episodes leading up to her involvement. I th- so I think my favorite off the cuff was the turning point for our format um, with Michael's episode on uh, the mystery method. I think mystery, really? I think mystery method was the first episode that we did where after I, I left the session, I was like, huh, I had fun and I think it sounded fun. Which is funny because that began the, uh, the recording for that day, if I recall, or actually, no, that was the middle. That was the sandwich. Yeah. And it's not to say that I was having a bad time at all during all this, but I mean, you're, no, you're figuring yeah. out what the fuck you're doing. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that that Michael doing that it was the first time that you and I Shane really kind of like let our improv shit fly a little more and, uh-huh because we know. started that whole episode with the the screaming uh vacuum and uh, me ordering weird things off of Instagram and the Russian yeah. mail order bride like oh, all shit. of those things were <laughs> born of our little discussion at the beginning of the the mystery method so yeah. what, what is I yours, agree Shane? Um, I, I was thinking about in the same vein, cause I actually was thinking of mystery method and then I went, um, I really loved the goop episode. Yeah. We're going uh, deep cuts here. Yeah. I, I had a lot of, just for thinking like of the things that I still harken back to. There's a lot like, uh, the flat earth episode. I loved the birds aren't real was great as well. Uh, and of course, naturally, um, as I'm scrolling back through, I was joking that the uh, the bees episode from Courtney uh, definitely changed the game as well. Pretty that dramatically did change so. the game because now Michael uh, his address is being shared to people, and he. <laughs> uh-huh. So those were all things. If I were, were looping in, but the the one that kind of uh, really broke me for how obscure and yet ludicrous we could get was floating back and and looking at Goop because we went so far afield in the course of that discussion. And that was still kind of in the nascent stages of putting this whole concept together. I was like, oh, this is what we can do now. Okay, so we don't just have to do a barrage of 
factoids and sort of this dour look into the Stanford prison experiment, but we can, you know, do ridiculous stuff, which is what led to me doing elephants on acid and some of the more bizarre or ludicrous things going forward. So that that's one that stands out to me as I look back. But the, the first flat earth episode I've re-listened to multiple times as well is we have really? some really fun banter at the beginning of that. It's not to say it's anything accredited to you, Michael. We just had okay, fun at the beginning was... of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's a fair point because that's what I'm thinking of right now. Actually, no, I want I want John to answer. Well, I already uh, did. Courtney, you need to answer. <laughs> yes, that's fair. Um, let's see. So, I, so I'm kind of going through the one that really stands out to me the most. And I think the one for me where it was like, okay, they're really like starting to build some steam and they're like coming into their own uh, would be the Exorcist Myth episode. I okay. really enjoyed I like the banter in that one. I really enjoyed just because you guys are such movie buffs. Mm-hmm. and just talking about it and your passion for the movie like that was a great episode i really enjoyed that one nice it was a lot of fun that's also another one of those that we started kind of having to rig the system of if i'm gonna lie i'm gonna have to be really inventive about how i do this if it's subject matter that everybody's kind of familiar with right yeah so it's it's uh interesting gauntlets being thrown down mike what about you there, I honestly can't decide. I'm I'm staring at First, the episode just list. In, impulsive, just um, shot out of the case. Sh- shot uh, shotgun I would, blast. I would have to any any of the um any of the freeforms. To be honest, any of the freeforms felt a lot more comfortable and relaxed in in just that we were able to like the take the sleep? first thirty minutes of uh what we always do because we usually spend like 20 30 minutes every episode now just shooting the shit mm. but we turn that into a whole episode um those are just fantastic if i had to i'd probably have to say like the oh no you didn't or um <laughs> yeah uh even the 43% michael is also quite fun just because the the rants that i that was when i was like really really just overall upset at everything mm-hmm. and very and mad I, at jeremy corbell Oh yeah, that poor man. Yeah, and and just he used cuss just, words. It, I did. I, I I believe so. I think said, I even had yells. to censor one or two of them. Yeah. Um, those just off the like because there's so many different areas that you can look at. Like in terms of just a shooting the shit, then I would say those. In terms of like actual good conversations, I would say stuff like the behavioral sync. A lot of the older ones, like even the Richard Simmons episode was really good. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Because it was a lot of just like it, – it, the topics that we explore are so varied and fascinating, each in its own right. Mm. The definition um, that, of eclectic, yeah. Yes, yeah. And that's I think that's what I really enjoy about just our episodes in general is that – I mean, I'm just looking at the list that we have. We talked about um, Levain Satanism. too hard. We, no, I'm not even talking about art and mine. I'm not even talking about my episodes. I said ours, but, like but I mean, fair, you know, I guess, if we're but... ever going to do it, there is one time we can afford to be a little self-aggrandizing. I would say uh, 100 episodes in is pretty good because, I mean, I don't think we would have. This is one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up, and I don't mean to tack a, an excessive length of time on. But uh, Michael and I have talked about this previously and relative to the experience we have here, but I don't want to totally derail off of Michael's point. Uh, no, you're fine. Go but for it. One of the reasons I really also enjoyed bringing Courtney in is that's a whole new depth of interests and topics that got brought in. So, yeah, our perspective just broadened. But Michael and I didn't know each other, really, yeah, before right. we started yeah, yeah, yeah. this. We were tangentially acquainted, but, I mean, I just knew him as the, well, the guy in our T-shirt. As well, yeah. 
the guy in the t-shirt shows up to the band, gets it, really drunk, tries to hit on people and fails. I, I, it wasn't even that. Like, I didn't <laughs> – like, a portrait of me at a show is I'm very insular. Going into the show, I'm kind of hyper-focused on what I need to do. And John is more hyper-focused on getting the group together, which is interesting. But, it's <laughs> like, I have a weird kind of game plan in my head. And so once I'm done with the set, I can relax. And most of the time, that's me not wanting to be around people. So I'm not the socializer after shows in in many instances. I'm the one who packs my gear up very deliberately because I want to have a moment to just get my thoughts back and get centered. So you and I didn't really interact at all. Like we'd been introduced yeah. and I, I would talk to you occasionally and I would always welcome you when I saw you at the shows because I was like, oh, yeah, that's John's friend in the T-shirt. <laughs> uh, but up until us starting this show, I did not know Michael and definitely didn't know his personality, certainly didn't know our shared affiliate affiliations or anything like that so i mean it's kind of an interesting study in watching our friendship kind of organically form to the yeah. point that i really do consider you one of my better friends which for me is saying Same. something it is not something that <laughs> i just commonly i don't really have a lot of friends in general i have acquaintances mm. who all shake hands and, and run away from but not so. people that know your deep dark thoughts Certainly not, nor ones that listen to me <laughs> rant about Republicans or voting rights or telling people that they need to die if they believe in God. Like, yes, yeah, uh, in general, it's not something that commonly happens. Things so, yeah, this, this show is yeah. it's a marvel. It's kind of a miracle. And I, I really enjoyed it. So I never would have thought from episode one where Michael just lobs this concept at us and, and sends the, the you know sort of previously recorded episodes and, and me going like, yeah, I can I can spruce this up. I can conceptualize this and just let me drive. <laughs> uh, in particular, I, which with... is why I asked Michael. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I was like, "Are you cool with the third? And then we eventually had the conversation. Are you cool with the fourth? And now we uh -huh. just have fucking orgies. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. um, yeah. No, I, yeah, I it's see all the better for it. Yeah, I see what you're getting at. Yeah, it's that's nice. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's a lot of fun, and it really I feel like has has brought a lot of us closer. Because again, Courtney, same deal. Like is somebody who John met organically out in the world, but who I only met through sort of uh, circumstance, and then sort of like I knew by face, in, in by and large people who are in the crowd who show up to shows. But I'm not really sociable, and I don't often tend to go and try to make friends or acquaintances. And Courtney, I have a feeling is very similar. <laughs> Uh, so like we didn't really know each other other than I knew that Courtney and, and Jonah were the few people on the planet who enjoyed speechless. And that was it. That was kind of the holding company that I share. We can bring it back. So too. please. I beg so many times. <laughs> going to need to, you know, be a castrati if that song's going to get in rotation. Take it back I'm to the still expected team. to sing, but, uh, so it's this really wonderful sort of microcosm of connected feelings and sort of making me be more human. And it's one of the reasons I really love listening back to the show. It's not sort of this vainglorious, let me appreciate the moments where I can actually issue a phrase without stammering, but more that, like, I love when we have fun. And it's like going back the same reason I watch movies over and over, is it's like hanging out with your friends again. So, yeah, it's rote dialogue and it never changes, but it's still comforting. It's a warm blanket at the end of the day when there's so much chaos and discord in the world. Certainty is a big thing to me. 
And so I need that sort of little uh, womb to, to crawl back into and encapsulate me. And this show has kind of become that for uh, a long time. So 100 episodes in, it's as much free therapy for me as it is anything else. I agree. So. <laughs> and uh, I would gladly penetrate your womb or let you penetrate my womb anytime. And I love it every well, single time it happens. You all do of you guys. Clean it goes it to all of you guys. And, and God. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney's not pleased about the womb thing, uh, but I value your friendships. Thank you very much. Okay, chrysalis. <laughs> How about that? Make just, it insectal and unfeeling, and then we're fine. Hold on, let's make it more universal. I love when you guys are inside of me, okay. and you can be inside of oh, me whenever you yeah. want. And I hope that it's okay when I'm inside of you. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very one-sided thing, actually. If you could just stay over there. I, I I I am in, I am inside myself. Perfect. <laughs> I'll just go. I will I will go myself. inside myself. Finally. There he goes. Off to write that hit He's song gonna alone in back. my I'm going to go fold myself into six pieces. <laughs> because the paper can't be folded any more than that. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking oh too, but God. I didn't want to say. Well, like, there was oh, that's probably a movie reference I don't get, so I'm going to shut my mouth. There was a whole Mythbusters uh, episode devoted to the fact that you can only fold a, a piece of paper a certain number of times. Mm-hmm. And they disproved it with a gigantic piece of paper. But, Checkmate, uh, atheist. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you all for indulging in what is now uh, creeping up on hour number two of our having this discussion. But I felt it warranted it particularly for this. And oh, shout yeah. out to uh, to Dewan uh, and all of our myriad <laughs> other guest hosts, uh, super fans, uh, Stephen. And Kristen, of course. What else do we have? Do we Kristen, have else? Steven, Jonah, Dewan. Oh, yeah. Jo- I'm so sorry. I forgot about yeah. Jonah. How did I forget yes. about Jonah? I think I was just too taken by his beauty. Don't you mean Noah? Yeah, Noah. That's the alternate simulation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Evil Jonah. Oh, Evil Jonah, who's actually uh, enjoying that uh, John being inside of him in, in an all He would let me inside of him. That's true. Would that be uh, Noah's Ark? That would be a Noah no, shower. No, that would be uh, Jonah in the whale. <laughs> you leave my bath time out of this. <laughs> Swallow you whole. Swallow. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jonah doesn't do that. Damn he's, near he's killed proper. her. Well, uh, I think that is, is brilliant. And thank you all. I think most importantly, the, the most vital component present here is those to whom we are addressing ourselves at the moment, the ears that we are inside of, to use John's metaphor. But uh, for you, the listeners, thank you so much for actually being here and investing your time, because I, I know it is no simple matter, uh, and there is a wealth of content out there in the world, and you could be listening to any of it, but you are actually enjoying this, hopefully. And for that... We are eternally grateful and immensely appreciative. So thank you for uh, you know sharing a little bit of your lives with us and letting us share a lot of our lives with you. It means a lot, and I am perpetually awed and thrilled to uh, see the the volume of people to whom we are exposing ourselves routinely and not in the way that my progenitors had. It is growing, so. even if it's a slow growth. It's still growing. So yeah, I'd. Uh... There are strangers that know more about me than my mom, so that's <laughs> very fucking weird. In uh, Bangladesh, no less. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the uh, the sheer volume of places that uh, we have exposure to at this point. If you run down the the laundry list of countries that there are folks who have downloaded this podcast, it is uh, it'll blow your mind, John. I know you don't often log into the uh, you know sponsoring app, but uh, yeah, Michael and I see it every now and again, pretty routinely. And yeah, there is a an immense amount of places that I am shocked. There are folks, you know, uh, in Bengali that have encountered this podcast, and it uh, blows my mind. Yeah. So in any event, thank you all for being here, and if you uh, appreciate us, please, you know, as I said, rate and review. It helps us out immensely. And of course, always remember, there is myriad material just winging your way, not only here every Monday morning on your preferred podcast provider app, but also... We have a slew of social networks, all of which Courtney is saving from being just completely disavowed. Uh, first and foremost, amongst them being our increasingly popular TikTok. Uh, two million strong and growing. Yeah, yeah 200,000 million, yep. Uh, so kudos <laughs> for helping to uh, to bring us into the the cool platform, and of course the Instagram, uh, which we are still holding it down as uh, at Disinformed Podcast, and of course at TikTok it is also just uh, you know at disinformed, disinformed podcast. Podcast. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. This, I'm too old, the at. Uh, and of course, on the Twitters, at DisinformedPod and Facebook.com slash DisinformedPodcast for your drunk uncle out there who doesn't know how to find us otherwise. And of course, on the tubes of you, almost every Wednesday, we have got uh, very weird, wild, and wacky material winging your way. This week's installment was a lot of fun as we had... Uh, yet another trip to the well, and we revisited My Immortal from an actual articulate perspective, which was very enjoyable, and that aired last Wednesday, and uh, was uh, an immense amount of fun, and I'm, I enjoyed it. Well, I don't know who else has watched it. I'm when I say last Wednesday, it. I'm referring really to those good. who uh, are, are listening to this on air date, as opposed to John, who raised his eyebrows at me as... It, it, it aired today. It was today. Yeah. Um, we're recording. I watched the first you know. five minutes and then had to do stuff, so I will continue listening as well. Oh, well. <laughs> were, were you uh, working on the pilot for Butt Rock? Or... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Here with the butts, you have to rock on my butts. That's the theme song. Oh, God. I oh. shudder at the thought of the theme. And speaking of which, thank you for that transition because that was the last bit of fun that I had for us is that John... Worked for hours, and against my better judgment, I'm rewarding the attention-seeking behavior, crafting an outro song for us, in spite of the fact that I will miss Uncle Touchy's anthem at the end of these episodes. I feel like it's time to let him die. It has been our our just and loving friend, and uh, Melissa really loves that outro. She's very partial to it, so she's she'll Same. be sad to see it leave. But uh, so John has got a, a new outro sequence that he has uh, put together with some help from the incredibly talented Courtney. Yep. And so what I want to do in order to <laughs> to end this episode is one, we are going to put the full vocalized. Uh, version into the episode now so that you all can listen to it unfettered without our talking mussing or fussing and michael can do this as the uh the demigod editor here but i also uh-huh. want to have us all listen to it with one another so that we can joy and uh, and, and <laughs> chuckle and giggle and so we'll have a, a little bit where we are all 
off mic here technically while you all listen to it, but we're going to listen to it as well. Does that sound reasonable to everybody? Let's do it. Of course. I haven't listened to it in a long time. I don't believe in fun. I hate America. I cannot be restrained. just makes me want to be the hype man at some point <laughs> dj yeah. shane shut the fuck up <laughs> so, it's beautiful so that is the uh the new in, our new outro music <laughs> won't and have the vocals i adore it i do uh, contrary to my ball busting previously because it's a uh, part of my character but uh yeah it, it's I think it's the only good I, beat that i've made <laughs> <laughs> admittedly i haven't tried too hard but that was uh when Courtney and Michael were here in person, uh, and you were, oh, I think it was when you were with Steven. Yeah, he was with Steven that night. Disinformed yeah. West and Disinformed East. And mm-hmm. then when we finished up, I was like, quick, guys, like, we got to do something to, like, fuck with Shane. Like, let's see how fast I can make a beat. And then it kind of, like, fumbled a little bit for a second, but I feel like I did the majority of, like, the structuring of it. Yeah. In, like, like, what, yeah. 10, 15 minutes, maybe? For sure. Mm-hmm. But awesome. Hope you enjoyed it. <sighs> Yeah, and you will continue to enjoy it uh, from from this point forward. Uh, it's alive. His way. And I have found out, Courtney, before we recorded today, how to get that sound on uh, on on TikTok. So today, today, I was uh, yes, Yogi. I was this year's old when John ruined my life again. I lived to serve you. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. McDonald. Anywho, <laughs> uh, we hope you enjoyed and we hope that you keep coming back because obviously we ain't going to stop. We are incapable. And Michael can't be restrained. He hates America. <laughs> Don't we all? I cannot. Tasty, tasty oh, content. No! <laughs> oh, man. As I was watching, they were talking about the now like the cabin in the woods in Montana that they're forwarding all the Arizona voting stuff to. <laughs> Fuck under me. the auspices that is i just turned to melissa i was like we got to get the fuck out of here like i it, i mean that as a blanket sweep hey, just get me out of we've here. we've been doing this show remotely for over a year we can do it from fucking anywhere i yeah. could do it from a fucking van <laughs> in the middle of nebraska are we not in a van right now we're in a simulation certainly oh, you think this is a van okay <laughs> sound like i'm going through a tunnel i live in a van down by the river 
and I take baths on the beach like a whale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and germaphobes, thank you for sticking with us. 100 strong, sensuous episodes mm-hmm. in... We love you, we appreciate you, and so, for Disinformed this season, should we call 104 where you want to start season 3? Is that uh, your official mic? No, we can do it every... I see rules and I fuck them. fucking hate rules. I guess facts don't care about your feelings. (sighs) We don't have a fax machine, Michael. (laughs) All right, well. Speaking of which, Disinformed now has a fax machine. Shut the fuck up, Michael. (laughs) Couldn't be a more appropriate outro if we tried. (laughs) Uh, So for season two of the Disinformed podcast, I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. Shut the fuck up, Michael.